Hey everyone, this is Jason and welcome to the Bold Moves Only podcast. I'm super excited about this episode because it is our very first feature. And when I say feature, I'm talking about one of our main goals at Bold Moves Only, which is to highlight those who have taken bold action to make positive change for their community, the world at large, or even themselves. So who is our special feature today? Well, uh, back in 2017, I went to the Snow Globe Music Festival with some friends, and on one of the days, we stumbled upon a stage with this vibrant, lively woman in fun, funky clothes playing house music, and that woman was LP Giobi. I followed her on Instagram uh, right after the festival, and I've been following her rise ever since, and she's been touring around the world, DJing and producing music, And last year, she started Fem House, which is an educational platform created to address the lack of representation and equity in the music industry, but more specifically, the electronic music industry. So what they do is they hold workshops and empower women by giving them the skills necessary to navigate them through the male-dominated industry. So I met up with her right before she was about to perform at the Madrone Art Bar. Uh, which is a pretty fun spot over on Fillmore Street in San Francisco. You should definitely check it out some night. Um, I was also very fortunate that her best friend and Fem House co-founder, Lauren Spaulding, a.k.a. her Mix-A-Lot, was there with her. So I asked her to join the interview, and she came in, and they both had some really awesome stuff to share. And unfortunately, I messed up the audio in the first couple seconds, but you know, we're learning. Just trying to get better day by day, podcast by podcast, and I want you to join me on this journey of getting better. Also, keep in mind, the interview was done outside of the venue, so there will be some background noise, but it ain't too bad. And without further ado, here you go. This is actually my first one ever. Cool. <laughs> so it's an honor. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, thanks for doing this. <laughs> Could you explain the impact that you are trying to make with FemHouse? Yeah. Um. So I started FemHouse because um, I noticed when I moved to LA and I started pursuing music that there was this narrative that um, there are so many talented singer-songwriters in LA who were waiting for a producer to pluck them out of obscurity and put out their music. Um, And um, I felt empowered to empower these women to be able to do that, or at least when they go into the studio with the producer, because the producer role is pretty male-dominated, to um, at least control the narrative of their voice, of their art, which is their voice. Um, And, you know, I think that if you can empower your art, you're empowering yourself. So, um, so, you know, to learn, like, I want to filter on my vocals there. I want more reverb here. I want, you know, to be able to, like, speak the same language as the producer to really control how the ultimate product turns out. Um, and also for me, when I, I was, I moved to L.A. and I was in a band and I was um, playing synths and um, keyboards. 
And we were constantly in the room with male producers, and I had great experiences. But it wasn't until I heard that Grimes produced her own record that I even thought, like, oh, that's a role I could have. It didn't, didn't even occur to me because I never saw myself in that role. And then that kind of expanded my mind to, like, oh, what else have I not even considered myself for because I don't see myself doing it. Um, and so when that happened, I realized the importance of visual representation and wanted to start something, a program, where um, we were actively changing the visual representation. So, like, I guess what was the, like, exact moment that you decided, like, okay, like, I'm noticing all of this yeah. stuff? Um, I mean, the second I started producing, I knew in the back of my mind, like, I want to start a space one day. Like, if, if I ever have a platform that is even small enough, like, it's even tiny enough to make an impact or a change, like, that's what I'm going to do with it. Um, and so when Sophie Tucker really, like, gave me my first platform, I wanted to um, pay that forward and start Femme House. Okay. And, like, what were the steps that you took towards making it happen? Um, calling Lauren Spaulding <laughs> and word vomiting a bunch of ideas. And um, Lauren Spaulding actually making them happen was really my first step. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> How did you, what steps did you take to make it happen? Um, I think first it was about like leveraging the fans that she had into a community that cared about what we were doing. Um, that happened a little bit more organically than I think we were expecting. Um, uh, she found the educator, and then we just took a leap of faith in it worked out it seems like a sign up sheet and all of them uh, sold out yeah yeah right away <laughs> right we've away. not had one that was empty or flagging we've, we've, we've often had more sign ups than we could accommodate in a class so everything has been working out really well it's really cool how many people are we keep the sessions to 10 to 15. Uh, just there's one educator, and so, you know, in order for everybody to have a computer and a setup and a, a um, launch pad and everything, uh, we keep it down to 10 to 15. Uh, what have your favorite aspects been? Like, have there been any moments that, like, particularly stick out? Yeah. Well, I think of, I mean, to be honest, I'm on tour the, during all of them. <laughs> So that's why we have a full-time educator. But for me, Femme House is really, like, it's not a space, it's a concept. And um, while I'm on tour, af um, after every show and I'm at the merch booth, I'm constantly, like, my number one thing that I'm hearing is other women who were inspired to start producing because they heard my records or because they saw me or whatever. And, like, that to me is the coolest thing I could possibly do. Like, sometimes when I'm playing dance music, I wonder, like, is this enough? Like, I'm just, we're just, like, all having a good time, on, you know, for an hour on a dance floor. And although I do think that is important work, like, this feels like the work that's really important to me, um, like, connecting with women and making them believe that they can do anything that they didn't think they could do before is um, is what it's all about. Okay. And, and you are at most, or most of all the workshops? No, I kind of set them up from afar. Okay. Um, only our educator is there for the most part. Um, and then we have a... I think, um, I think my favorite part is the fact that we've only been doing it since June. Um, and that always like kind of blows my mind when I tell people that because uh, it feels like it's been a long time and in a really good way and that we've established a really sort of like organic and engaged community, um, which I think speaks to the need for it. Um, so it seems that we really like touched on something um, that a lot of people were missing um, and have sort of like inspired a community to like galvanize around it um, and sort of like take it and run with it. 
Um, like Femhouse, I think, is bigger than me, bigger than LP, bigger than our educator. It's like a thing that's grown organically by itself. Um, and I think that we're probably going to see a lot of other like little fem houses because of it. I think we'll see a lot more female artists because of it, a lot more female producers, a lot more female DJs. Like these two women that are going to perform here tonight after LP are fem housers. Like yeah, they like they've they taken our classics. Yeah, so yeah. Have there been? I mean, it seems like it's been super successful. I don't know if you have had any, but like, have you had any challenges? And my whole, yeah, the whole, the whole reason we started from that was well, because it was ten years fun. of challenges before June. Yeah. I guess I meant more so, more, more so with like trying to get this up and running and trying yeah. to start it. Um. Oh yeah, you go. I think that when you start anything new, right? Like, we, we personally start when we do anything new by asking a bunch of people for stuff. Right. Um, <laughs> so like, <laughs> um, you know, that's really hard when you don't have a proven concept, when you just are trying to sort of tell people, I want to do this thing. I think it'll be really cool. I think it's really needed. Um, yeah. Most people are going to slam the door in your face. Like, what the fuck? You, you can't, there's nothing concrete for you to show us. Like, you don't have any metrics by which to base this idea on and it's just like no you have to believe like we believe um we've actually been really fortunate to like run into gear companies um and like you know ableton's been really supportive because they recognize the need uh native instruments has been really supportive because they recognize the need um and i i find that a lot of these companies recognize the need but don't know how to address it and it's really cool that we can like address it for them I mean, when I first moved to L.A., I was in a band, and I'd reach out to, like, Roland. You know, I was playing a Roland keyboard, and I'm like, it'd be so cool to be, like, sponsored. Like, the Roland, the keyboard was so expensive. Like, I can't really afford this. And um, and so, like, that was, you know, five years of, like, struggling to try to, like, buy gear. And being a producer is an expensive endeavor. You need a good, you need a good um, computer. You need gear. You need, you know. And now Roland is... Um, They've sponsored a workshop. We have Moog sponsoring another workshop. So like, Dolby. I mean, they got Yeah, we're gonna, we have to reschedule it. I know. We'll do it in 2020. Yeah, they're they've been. We I did a Dolby Atmos show in Chicago with them. So they remixed all my tracks in 360, and they're amazing. And like, it's it. Companies are really. I've been blown away by how they. I was the first woman to do a show in Dolby Atmos, and like, they care about that. You know, like they they had me. They did a ton of work above and beyond while I was touring in order to set up the show up because they realized how important that was, and that's that's really blown my mind. Is that companies fucking care about getting women involved in the electronic space? I think just to like piggyback off that, I think that like when you talk about challenges, like one of the reasons that our workshops are free and we're hell bent on keeping them that way is because, and this is something I didn't even know, just like as a layman, but like. You have no idea how expensive it is to want to be a producer. Like, the gear that you have to get, the computer shit you have to get, it's so expensive. And that in and of itself is a barrier of privilege. Um, so, like, that's why it's really important for us to address this need in a way that's, like, practical and makes sense to, like, lower just one more gate. It's hard enough to, like, be a woman and try to do this shit, let alone also, like, have to come up with five grand to invest in your first DAW and, like, synth and, like, MIDI controller. That's right, I'm snapping right now. <laughs> I guess uh, my last question is, what's a piece of advice you would give somebody who like feels passionate about something or has this idea that either they don't really, like, they don't really know how they can make any sort of impact or they don't know how to make that idea 
I would say, and this is something that I actually have learned from LP, like I have the privilege of her being like my best friend first, and it's still something that I learn every day and that I use every day. Uh, we, she has a, actually has a t-shirt that says this, uh, and that idea is tits first. And it's just like, jump tits first into whatever it is you want to do. And I'll tell you the story behind that. Do you want to tell it? So it's a really good story, actually. So, so one day, we were like on Gchat at our respective jobs, like at our respective desks. And I get a Gchat from LP and she goes, want to come with me tonight to buy some CDJs? And I was like, whatever, like, I'm your best friend, I'm down. But like, also, what the fuck are CDJs? Like, what are you going to do with them? And she's like, I don't know, I think I want to be a DJ. And like, I was like, okay. So we go to buy these CDJs. We take them back to our house. We like, we couldn't even figure out how to get them out of the box without like, without fucking up the box. And it was just like, fuck, like, what are we doing? We couldn't figure out how to turn them on or anything. Like, she eventually had to hire an actual DJ to teach her how to do anything. And like, that was only, that was like three years ago. And like, now she's about to DJ here. Um, and she has a class that teaches other women how to fucking grab life by the balls and jump tits first or whatever. So I would say like, fearlessness. And also like, it seems daunting. Like, I want to be a touring DJ all over the world. Like, I don't even know how to take these CJs out of their box. I think that it's really important to break things down to like, laying one good brick a day. Like, okay, first day, take CJs out of the box. Second day, try to play with them for 20 minutes. You know, like, like make small, tangible goals that you can hit every day to give yourself personal small wins because personal small wins is how you get, like, is how you get through and keep going and mental, you know, mentally. I can vouch for the fact that she, like, actually lives and dies by that because <laughs> after every conference call we have, she ends it with, okay, what are my action items? So it's just, like, legit give yourself a list of boxes to check off no matter how small. Because then you can be like, I fucking did that, you know? Like, make your bed every day. You fucking did that. Like, give yourself some, like, you know, figure out a way to, like, pump yourself up every day, even if it's tiny. I didn't know. So I didn't know what Tits First meant. Like, I've been following you since I saw you at Snow Globe in 2017. I was like, okay. I don't know what that means, but cool. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it means. It comes from her. Is it it cooler now that you know what it means? Yeah. Don't know that story, and like there's some people who buy the shirt, and I'm like, you don't get this, or whatever. It's, well, so, honestly, it's so much cooler. Yeah. That, it was already really cool. <laughs> but no, but I feel like recently, like for me personally, I've kind of felt like just, like, just fucking just move. Like, if, if you really want to do something, just make it work, just make it happen. You're doing it right now, dude. You should be yeah. super pumped up. This is your this first is break. Part of it. Totally, this is yeah. This, this is, this is your tits first. $200. Yeah, That's exactly, the tough one, man. Exactly. That thing fits in the palm of your hand, and it doesn't even make phone calls. That's expensive as fuck. And this isn't it. It's like, oh. Like, I, so I work at a photo studio, and they all know about this stuff. And they're like, yeah, you can get the road thing. You can get the thing. And I'm like, bro, I don't have $1,000. <laughs> yeah. I just, and I'm just, thank God. So totally. My, uh, it's, it's, but you got to make it work. No, my first, well, what's funny, though, ironically, my first keyboard was, like, a $100 Juno, shitty, whatever. And then I got, you know, I upgraded to, like, a vintage synth and, like, a core, you know, M1. And da-da. and now I'm back to, just, I play a $89 Yamaha keyboard on stage because I can get it anywhere. It doesn't break. It's shitty. I can throw it on, a, you know, conveyor belt. Like, sometimes the cheaper stuff is the right stuff. 
Yeah. And my vintage synth broke on stage in front of 4,000 people. Oh my God. So, you know? Was it in the True story. It was in the beginning. I even went back and I was like, I'm going to air piano the rest of the set. That's kind of cool. It was, people have, they, I mean, it was memorable. So anyways, good for your $200, you know, that's, that's probably the, the right one. That's your tip first tool is what it is. I was like, I don't know what to do. Uh, $200, that's probably good. <laughs> totally. Well, I'm excited to share. I'm really proud of you for doing something, you know, like fucking getting out there. It's really hard to start. Starting is the hardest part. It is the hardest part, and, you know, and whenever I've ever tried to, like, do something, there's always hiccups. Oh, there's all Oh my god. It's oh, okay. About 10 years of hiccups Literally. to be standing here. <laughs> yeah. So it's all good. So many hiccups. I'm going to end up so many hiccups. <laughs> okay, thanks for listening. I had a ton of fun with this first interview. Special thank you to LP Joby and Lauren Spaulding. Go check out Fem House, go check out their music and make sure you like, subscribe and leave a comment on wherever you are listening to this podcast. Uh, Share it around. And yeah, thanks for listening to the Bold Moves Only podcast and have a fantastic day as I let LP and Lauren play this one out. Gas me up, I am the gas. Gas me up, I am the gas. Gas me up, I am the gas. I am the, uh, I am the gas. Pour me up, I am the juice. Pour me up, I am the juice. Pour me up, I am the juice. I am the, uh. Gas me up, you are the gas. Gas me up, you are the gas. Gas me up, you are the gas. You are the, uh. You are the gas. Pour me up, you are the juice. Pour me up, you are the juice. Pour me up, you are the juice. You are the, uh.